0: Shanahan, you know, throughout the season. He was my pick-to-win coach of the year. But, you know, as I watched that uh, that game, like, progressively on, and uh, the criticism, it kind of boils down to, on the 49ers and like, you know, Robert Sala, you know, that defense, they did all they could. You know, you get two interceptions on Patrick Mahomes, you're more than likely probably going to win the game. You know, Joey Bosa, I meant my vote, not Joey Bosa, that's LA. Nick Bosa, if they, if the 49ers would to win that game, Nick Bosa probably wins, you know, Super Bowl MVP. But, as, but that just wasn't the case. So now the attention is whether or not uh, who's more to blame for the loss, you know, because obviously with, with you know, you give credit when credit is due for the win. You know, Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, Chiefs Chief offensive coordinator, Aaron Reid, good execution all around from coaching standpoint, big plays. But between Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyle Shanahan, who do you believe is uh, more at fault at the end? You know?
1: Um, I don't want to really say it's. Before I even explain, the reason I'm kind of... I don't believe Kyle Machinehan a great coach. Um, he went to Washington. He had a franchise quarterback. Ex- above. I mean, if you're, if you're not gonna at least going to say they're above, right? they're definitely a good defense when he was with Washington. He definitely had pieces to work with where he could have built him up and then you know kind of made him run for like... Well, maybe it wouldn't have been the dynasty where I actually won the Super Bowl, but a perennial playoff team. He went in there, destroyed that in one season. Um, I believe his... Had, had parts of that as well Mike Shanahan I Yeah, Mike Shanahan also had parts with that team he um, so yeah,
0: in. RG3 for that for the
1: okay <laughs> so now that Kyle Shanahan's in San Francisco I think it's kind of one of them things where it's like the Oakland uh, Tampa Super Bowl not you know play wise but more so the team is set to go and we need somebody to lead the hills uh, I think that team was ready to go I don't necessarily believe they were the best team or the most talented team. What I do believe is the Niners had the best defense, um, but even when you're going to... Here's the thing about... I know you, I, I'm, a, I'm a, fit, a firm believer in this as well. Defense wins championships. And then at halftime, that remained to be true. But even with that being said, it's not like Kansas City's defense didn't do well. So that's kind of where I counted that, where you have the, the number one defense, but then when you have a defense like Kansas City where they're also, you know, efficient and they're good and they're Get pressure when they need to, they can play that coverage when they need to. Then it's going to come down to the offenses, and that's the kind of part I overlooked. So when we talk about Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't think it's really Jimmy Garoppolo's fault. He wasn't a turnover magnet that game or anything like that. But at the end of the day, he's a Trent Dilfer. He's a game manager. So unless that Niners defense, who seems more pass-oriented as far as like rushing and not like actual coverage, Sherman's good. You know, the, the other three guys, Ward's good. But they're not – Sherman's not his problem. He's not that, you know, legion of boom, Sherman more. And the other three guys aren't, I wouldn't say, uh, all pro players.
0: Yeah, if they're not game they're, chancellor, they're not Earl Thomas.
1: Right, so we're not we're not looking at a legion of boom type of secondary. We're not looking at a 2000s Raven type of secondary or, you know, so forth, so yeah. forth. So, I don't want to blame Garoppolo. He, I think he actually played good against that that defense. They put up 20. Which is, for him, in the Super Bowl, his first Super Bowl, he's seen remain very calm and collected. Um, I will have to go with coaching on this. Um, I feel like even you stick to the run. I mean, that's what kind of got you here. It wasn't Garoppolo. This is not one of them.
0: Yeah, my, my thoughts exactly.
1: Yeah, right. So, this is not a playoff series where it's like Joe Flacco had his run where it's like he's an okay quarterback, good quarterback, but we can set playoffs. He's just lighting it up. That's not what Jimmy Garoppolo is doing. Or even Nick Foles. Exactly This was a run-oriented team You had three running backs I don't know if all three played I know Coleman played I know Monsier, Monsir Whatever the Monser, <laughs> Um, He played But at the same time I, mean, I was kind of Explaining to my friends when we were watching the game Even though All these guys are capable Of having big games They aren't players Who consistently have big games So What you want to do At least is kind of Tire out that defense Because the offense Wasn't doing so much Early on You would kind of At least tire out their defense by running the ball and see if you could line them up that way because you're talking about 21 points that came in the second half for the Kansas City Chiefs.
0: Yeah, no, mm-hmm. I'll agree with that. Uh, I think that's probably been like, you know, the biggest talking point, you know, this week on just about every sports outlet. It's like, did Jimmy. Well, the thing is, is that this entire playoffs is like, you already know what you were going to get from Jimmy Garoppolo. He wasn't going to give you any more, he wasn't going to give you any less because it wasn't in the script. Minnesota, he didn't play all that well, but they ran the ball effectively. They got to a quarterback. They got Kirk Cousins in in the NFC Championship game. Garoppolo only threw eight passes. He didn't need to throw any more because you know Moser had two hundred yard game against
1: four TDs
0: and four touchdowns against a Packers run defense that hasn't been able to stop anybody all year. And if the thing about the Packers run defense, it kind of really tipped me off. uh, You know that Thursday night game where the Eagles played them and Jordan Howard just ran all over them. So. I'm not really going to – then again, like, that – he missed Emmanuel Sanders by, like, like several yards on that. Like, oh, yeah, that touchdown? Yeah, game. that, 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 that go-ahead touchdown, he missed him. Like, in the end, you have to make that throw. There were several throws. Like, he didn't have a lot of incompletions, but those incompletions, those were either, you know, balls that were batted down to the line or just flat-out misses.
1: And just to be clear, Jimmy G did play – had to stand with New England, correct? Yes. See, but this is my point. He looks good in New England. Because when you have the correct coaching it just works. Now he's in San Francisco. Not to say he didn't get to the Super Bowl without the Patriots, but his particular individual play, subpar.
0: Yeah. So this is also the second time where, you know, Kyle Shanahan as an offensive coordinator as the de facto play caller. He was the de facto play caller in Atlanta when they were up twenty eight to three. And I actually saw a little video where it's like if the Falcons would have just kneeled would have just kneeled instead of just, you know, doing whatever they did. They still would have ended up winning that game instead of you know having everything go right for New England. But this is the second time we've seen Kyle Shanahan with the lead in the going into the fourth in a Super Bowl in a Super Bowl, and he just wasn't up to par. Um, the run game was working, you know, the reverses to D-Bill Samuel, which they were doing earlier. I don't know why they went away with that, but. You gotta go with your strengths. Like it, the Super Bowl is not the time to get cute and do something out, out of your comfort zone. Los Angeles. Well, Los Angeles was different. Todd Gurley only had one good knee.
1: Um, to be honest, the way Jerry Goff was playing, you bench him, you take the second running back. Here's a here's a here's the problem with people don't got. You have to understand. Yeah. I mean, no matter Jared Goff is not an elite quarterback. So this is not a guy where it's like, oh, you know, you have Peyton, you have Rodgers, you have, you know, Brady, right? you know, somebody like that, Breeze, where it's like, even on a bad day, at the end of the game, they can make something happen turn a bad day into like, these two miracles save these five turnovers. Garoppolo wasn't that, your golf wasn't that, so when you're talking about the last game in the season where it all counts, you're talking money, you're talking contracts, you're talking about legacy, you're talking about dynasties possibly. That you have to you have to come up with something that, you know that works in, in the Super Bowl. If it's broke, fix it. Don't sit there and you know hope that Jimmy G is all a sudden going to turn into like Steve Young or Joe Montana. That's not going to happen. They didn't have the receiving core. I mean, this guy's main target is you know Kittle, who even as great as he is, he if he if he runs if he catches ten balls, typically is going to go for 130 yards. You I know, mean, that's not going to win you a game when you have receivers out here who can catch six balls and make it look like 210 and two TDs, you know. So so when you you talk about a team like Kansas City, you have Sammy Watkins and Tyreek Hill, who I think are very fast, you know, at least reliable enough hands. I know people talk about that Tyreek Hill dropping into the session, but I do actually believe that was Mahomes' fault. The ball was behind him. It was behind him. So, I don't, want, I don't like placing – not to say, you know, Mahomes played trash or something, but I don't want to place blame where it doesn't need to be put. I don't think it's Tyreek's fault. Um, I do think Tyreek has struggled with getting good yardage on a certain amount of catches when they're not deep plays, though. So, I think he definitely needs to work on that. This offseason, I don't know if it's because of the injury or part of that. I mean, because I know the season before he was so electrifying, but he did get a lot of plays off downfield. So, this – Season to receive too much of that as much as you did before, so I don't know if that's going to be a lingering issue or this is something he has to get over, you know, coming fresh off that injury.
0: But yeah, but yeah, just to try to boomerang back to the point where you know the, the run game was working, the reverses, the Debo Samuel, you know, it was working. uh You have a lead, you protect it, you go with what works, you go with your strength, you bring you go with what brings you to the dance, like the Chiefs, like. The Chiefs don't have that real, you know, that conventional grinding out offense. You know, it's you know one or two big plays. You know, it can change right. the entire complexion. And you saw in that third and fifteen, that forty-four yard run of Torrey That to me was like, okay, that play told me I was like, all right, they're about to come back and win this game. Right. Meanwhile, the 49ers, they're, they don't they're not a big play team. Obviously, like you said, you have George Kittle. Uh, you know that giant, you know, big play that he had against. You know, the 49 uh, against the Saints in New Orleans, you know, that's a big play. But the strength of their game is to run. Right. So, what you do is, is that you keep running the football until they show you. And it was a second and five. They already got like a five yard clip off of that. You you run the clock out, plain and simple. So, so make it, them spend
1: them time timeouts if they have to, but run. I think people forget how important running the clock is. The numbers at this, you know, on the stats don't really matter as much at the end of the game when you're about yeah. the Super Bowl as much as the score does. So.
0: Yeah. So, uh, more about uh, Super Bowl Fifty Four. Um, you know, a lot of um, a lot of people had issue with uh, Patrick Mahomes winning the Super Bowl MVP. A lot of people saying, you know, Damian Williams, you know, the running back, should have with 133 yards, responsible for two touchdowns, should have, you know, won MVP honors mm-hmm. over him. So, were you fine with Patrick Mahomes winning Super Bowl MVP? Am
1: I fine with that? I mean, I, I guess. I mean,
0: all, right, all right, all right. Let me rephrase the question. Should he win it?
1: I should, in my personal opinion, no. Okay. The turnovers. Here is a problem. The turn. So when Lamar Jackson had the game, he lost in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I actually thought he had an amazing game. Um, if you actually watched it, one of those interceptions was off of a drop pass, and I think he might have. He might He might have actually thrown about one bad bad play that it was our 10 interception. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, we made up the pass yards, his actual touchdowns, his rush yards. He actually played a very good game. I actually think his receivers kind of dropped the ball in that and I kind of look at this one the same way. Yeah. Um. But nonetheless, Patrick Mahomes definitely was responsible for turnovers. Um, he didn't play to a caliber. He's still a young guy, too, so I don't want to really, you know, but this is, this is what you, you know, this is what you get the money for. This is, this is what you play for, so... Um, at the end of the day, he won. I'm not, you know, I'm not mad at him for winning, but also remember that I don't know if it's the same formula as it's always been. But I believe the voting for Super Bowl MVP is done by halftime.
0: It's done by halftime, and like also like fans also have a say in it as right, well. As well,
1: well, let me say this: if it's still according to that, then he definitely shouldn't have won it because halftime is Jimmy G had better stats than this guy, so. I definitely want to say each should have won. Um Even his, when you look at the the final stats, still kind of eh. Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely would give it to Damian Williams. But obviously, no favoritism or bias comes into play. Yeah, and, you know he's the he's the great the great hope for that team. He's pretty much what he is to the Chiefs what Seahawks want Russell Wilson to be for them. Except the Chiefs have a better
0: team. Okay. Um, the argument can be made. However. When Damian Williams scored that, you know, that rushing touchdown, I believe that 49 yarder, they were already up 24-20. If he would have pulled like a Brian Westbrook or like a Miles Sanders and just like, you know, take a knee like inside the five, he wouldn't have a touchdown. I don't think there would be like as much collaboration for like him winning Super Bowl MVP at all. Uh, You got to think Mahomes, you know, they scored 31 points. He was responsible for three of those touchdowns. He was responsible for, you know, the first touchdown. And then in the fourth quarter, like, he was absolutely lights out after that interception. You know, you know that, that third and 15, that 44-yard bomb to free kill that energized the offense it got the fans right back into it. You know, those two go ahead, those two touchdowns, one to Travis Kelsey and the other one to Damian Williams, which is just a three-yard out. But, yeah, I don't have an issue with it. I don't – they don't win that game without Patrick Mahomes. To me, if you put LeSean McCoy or, like – uh, Darwin Thompson in that same situation, I still think the Chiefs would have won that Super Bowl. Only a, there are very few quarterbacks that can win in that scenario. You know, with that pass rushing with the Joe Nick Bosa on him all night, he had to also make plays on his feet as well. It wasn't just him, just you know airing it out and just having and just having a bad game on that. But I don't have a problem with Mahomes winning the Super Bowl MVP. You know,
1: so here's my thing. You have two different positions. Obviously, one is more Important. prevalent in football, just in general. Yeah. Um. So he- here's why I say Damian Williams. I mean, you can say they don't win it without him, but at the same time, um, if you if you got the guy Pat Holmes who's in control of the ball, who's going to see the stands, who's going to throw more passes and run the ball more times combined than the running back is going to run it, which is on that average of you know team to team isn't really that much. Yeah. You know, only so many backs in general see more than ten rushes a game. And, and, you know, that's only if, you know, if you're not catching the ball. So, you catch, you maybe get more like 15, something around around that. But, at the end of the day, what Mahomes, the touchdowns that Mahomes accounted for still have to make up for the time to turn over the ball. Damien Williams didn't turn over the ball. So, okay, that's true. All right, that's true. So, you know what, like, I can't look at, like, oh, Damien Williams fumbled twice, Mahomes threw a pick twice. Mahomes has two touchdowns. He has to, you know, but they were just on different halves. But that wasn't the case, man. They mean, he protected the ball. I mean, he has to. And you have to remember, you know, the quarterback gets to shine because the camera's always on them from the morning, you know until they release the yeah. ball. This guy, running backs have to do so much more. I mean, this still guy still has to run block. He has to sometimes go out and make the catch. Um, so he has he definitely has more in his plate. Um, he doesn't have the line. Blocking for him in the pocket—that's and that's it. He has to once once he gets past that line, he still has to get back the ball get past the secondary. So there's definitely plays that they definitely take more of a pounding. Yeah. In a Super Bowl game, again, you know, against the Niners' defense, I def and he, like you say, over 100 yards, two TDs. I definitely think he earned his just due for Super Bowl MVP.
0: All right, that's fair. And to be fair, I still think running a lot of running backs throughout the league, just in general, just can constantly getting disrespected.
1: Oh, I wouldn't
0: say that many. Okay. And uh, last question about the Super Bowl. Um, Do you see a Super Bowl hangover for, like, either team? Because the last time Kyle Shanahan, you know, uh, lost the Super Bowl, uh, he then left uh, to actually coach the 49ers, and the Falcons were never able to recover from that 28-3-blown lead. Do you kind of see the same thing similar happen with the 49ers? Do you think, you know, the Chiefs, you know, they got everything that they they wanted with Andy Reid and like, you know
1: Let me say this. Um as far as the Falcons are concerned, um, their defense has never really been solid and the claim yeah. that's shown. Yeah. I mean you still could you know, you still gave up a tremendous amount of points in that second half. I mean, we're not talking about for the whole game where they really kinda of grind it out, got it here you let them destroy you the in one half. A really predominantly the fourth quarter. So
0: and in I don't care
1: how <laughs> exactly. so I don't care about how bad the office <laughs> no one did their job <laughs> coming second. When they came out that tunnel they was ready to lose it. <laughs> it's like they had a speech and said, Let's go out there and lose these game fellas. And you know, just sell it the best we can. Um so that's why I think their issue is I mean, their their office honestly is just not as talented as explosive as it was. You know, they got the age thing coming in, they don't have some new no more. Um, they don't have mm-hmm know the Monsie running back, so, so that's probably their thing. Um Kyle Shanahan seems like he's just a rolling stone when it comes to these teams. I um, mean, he's, he's, he's 14. This is 14. Or maybe going to an I don't know if they to keep him or not, but I feel like the reason for that is a simple scheme, the right personnel, but then after a while it gets figured out. So Back, like I was talking about with Bill Belichick, he knows how to adjust to his team. I don't feel like other coaches adjust to the team. I feel like they kind of just preach, preach, preach into you know beats into their head. But if the scheme isn't working, you have to adjust. and You're not doing that, then it's going to show. So I think that's probably one of the issues with Kyle Shanahan because this guy is getting shit from team to team to team. And these aren't like, and I'm not saying they're the best, but these are solid offenses that he just like seem really can't seem to get it, you know, a hold. Of. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen him with a good defense. We've seen him with a bad defense. Um, this doesn't seem to be much of a difference.
0: So, so what about with the Chiefs then? Do you think they're going to go through a Super you know, Bowl hangover?
1: No. You got a young team. You still, the thing, this is not one of them teams where you have this one electric skill player. You have Tyreek Hill, who's just phenomenal <laughs> if he gets open and, you know, free down for Do you have Hardman now, the rookie, who, you know, he's a special I believe he made the Pro Bowl for special teams.
0: He did. I believe so.
1: You got Sammy Watkins, who was, you know, he was great in Buffalo. I mean, he could be. I think Sammy
0: Watkins is a free agent this year.
1: Uh, Well, let's say. I mean, they win the Super Bowl. They might be signed. I mean, regardless of whether they win the Super Bowl, he's not that prolific of a player where you have to pay out crazy money to the guy. You could probably put him on five mil a year, maybe even four. Yeah,
0: to make a 16.
1: Yeah, I mean, so think that would be much of an issue uh, defense like like I said it with defense was a progressional thing so there's not even if there's somebody that's about to be a free agent then it's not they're not going I don't think they're gonna cash in big this offseason until they show it's more consistent. So I think they're good for at least two or three more years for sure. And then you know we can talk about how many players merge as like you know very big players <clears throat> you know in the mainstream part of things. I you can start talking about those contracts, but right now I think Kansas City's fine. 49ers, their defense is fine, um, but the difference is they have more high-profile players. Some of them are up there at age, like Richard Sherman, they could probably get them for a deal, you know, like a clearance type of deal. But at the end of the day, you have to fix that offense. Like I said, the run game, and you said as well, the run game was solid. But none of those, like I said before, none of these running backs, I think, are solid numbers. Like, that's my premier back. Or somebody go down. I got the – you got Tevin Coleman. I just
0: – But it's Kyle Shanahan, though. It's the – He needs
1: to get out of here. I mean, if you haven't I mean, – I don't know why I know, I'm child. just
0: – no, but I'm just saying, though, it's the Shanahan. You know the Shanahan, you know, code. It's the same thing, like, you know, when his dad was uh, – Denver? Was in Denver, you know that zone run scheme like anybody can run through it. You know Clinton Portis, and then they traded Clinton Portis for Champ Bailey. That Ruben Jones had a you know a 1,200 yard season. The Bells, uh, Tatum Bell, Mike, Mike Bell. Bell, yeah. So like I think like it's just one of those things where it's like it is. It doesn't matter. It could still be Moisture you know, still in a very rookie deal because like he was on like multiple practice squads before right. finding his niche. It's like his seventeenth. Yeah, I believe seventh or eighth, one of those two. It's 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 a laundry list. Yeah. F- Philly used to have so like, him. Oh jeez. Yeah, no small world. But anyway, um, but you also need to. One of those things also is like you need to also look at you know the state of the you know each respective conferences too. Uh, you got to think. Uh, you know the Saints. Who knows if Drew Brees is going to be coming back or not? And you know. But even so, even, even so then, um, you know, we saw, you know, this playoff, this playoff series, like he didn't play relatively well, he got outplayed by Kirk Cousins. Uh, you know, they're talking about Taysom Hill, probably being the future of the franchise. Uh, you got to think Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers is getting old. He'll be 38, he'll be 37 or 38 in December. You know, Seahawks, they still have Russell Wilson. Though, so I think as long as they have that, they're still going to be able to compete, um, uh, there's no real like future, there's really like like no like that definitive like team of the future going forward that's going to uh, I
1: don't think that's true. I feel like it's I feel like it's also like basketball, you know what I mean? Like mm. you know, we're not just kids. You okay. in peace, Kobe, he was probably one of the last people to go and that was just like this star. Yeah. So, you know, I'm sure there was one point where we probably had a discussion where it's like, "Yo, a lot of people are retiring like who's going to be the next They're going to emerge. It's going to take time because it's not like the difference between the NBA. You're talking about, you know, a 12-man roster versus a 56-man roster. Yeah. So I understand that much. But somebody's going to emerge.
0: I think that's more going to happen for the AFC. Think about this. You're going to have to pay Patrick Mahomes. As far
1: as who's going to emerge for the NFC is what you're asking?
0: Yeah. um, The only teams I can really see is one, Seattle, because you have Russell Wilson in two. In Philadelphia, they just need to get healthy with Carson Wentz. Other than that, there isn't a team, you know, like three, five years down the line that's going to be with there.
1: Well, let me say this. Um, since you definitely asked about what do I think the after state, aftermath of, you know, the Super football teams will be. Okay. Let's look at the 49ers. I mean, nobody like, coming into the season, nobody expecting to be in the Super Bowl. Let's be honest. That's Maybe fair. if you're a fan, like a diehard, you know, you just believe. I mean, I, I feel like
0: if everything had to go right for them, I think I had them at nine and seven. I had them at thirteen and three.
1: Exactly. So, so, but even with that being said, a couple years ago, you know, still within this decade, when the decade just passed. you so it, they all they still went to a Super Bowl. Against Baltimore, so there's not like a team. This team actually rebounded pretty quickly because you're talking about Anthony lose, Colin Kaepernick, obviously, we know why. And then you lose you, Patrick Willis, retires prematurely.
0: You lose Navarro Bowman, Frank oh. Gore, Vernon Davis, Alden Smith, Justin Smith.
1: I'll, Alden Smith, oh my, I'm still so mad at Alden Smith. It, it's
0: okay, we don't need to go down that road, but it'll continue. Oh my God.
1: <laughs> So, you know, they lost a lot of Hall of Fame or Hall of Fame talent. And um they rebounded pretty quickly, more quickly than most teams have ever done so. So I, I think they'll be fine. Like I said, when you have the right gym, the right organization, things kinda of move better. And they do. Harbaugh was a great coach. He just unfortunately lost to his brother now. He's like in the obscurity of like college coaching where he's not really doing much there either. So, you know, it just it was just a bad luck on him. But like the, the Niners organization Even when they're not winning You always see Some type of progression Or they're actually Trying to make Legitimate moves Yeah You know Whether you can't Trade Free agency Draft Whatever um, So I think That we can find
0: Okay And um, I think That's a good transition point You know Draft free agency We're officially now In the NFL all season Obviously next month And the way You know Life goes It's gonna be Right around the corner Right It's gonna be come quickly, right. NFL free agency. And uh, this is going to be a very interesting free agency. We have a lot of marquee quarterbacks potentially in the free agent pool. Uh, the Chargers are done with Philip Rivers. Tom Brady's hitting the free agent market for the first time in his career. Carolina still doesn't know what they're going to be doing with Cam Newton. Jameis Winston is going to be looking to get paid. Back Prescott's a free agent as well, Teddy Bridgewater.
1: Do you want me to really honestly answer these questions about these particular quarterbacks? I can Um... First of all, Jameis Winston isn't getting paid a thing. <laughs> like, there's no way you asked for money. you didn't do nothing spectacular, you didn't make the play. There's no reason Jameis Winston didn't even needs to say anything. He needs to kind of, like, hide his face like, you know, during the allegations at, you know, in college, so he just kind of to like <laughs> try, you know, stop being a face. He's not a face. He's, he's one of the players that kind of needs to go out, get it done on the field, mm-hmm. build a fan base, and then he can kind of start kind of, like, overshadowing those things, but at this point, of the day, he's nowhere near that. Phillip Rivers has been done for some time now. You look at the stats. I used to, you know, one of the guys that would defend more stats. But at the end of the day, those stats don't mean nothing if your decisions are just causing you to lose or turnovers. And he
0: was really bad this year. This is, I believe, the and first time in, like, three years he's thrown 20 or more picks, last man. Last
1: season, he was pretty bad, too. Though. So, you know, he, had, and he has pieces. You got Eckler. He had Melvin Gordon. No, but not me- I mean, my point is yeah, this is going to, to be it.
0: a really interesting you know, free agent period for the Chargers because, you know, all three of those guys you name, uh, Rivers, Austin Eckler, and Melvin Gordon, they're all free agents. And, you know, the Chargers are a notoriously ch- cheap organization. You know, you have Joey Bosa, uh, I believe Melvin Ingram both coming on paydays uh, pretty soon. Darwin James as well. So, do you really see, like, any movement with any of these quarterbacks at all?
1: To be honest, no. No. Um... Has already showed interest that they're willing to pay Brady like thirty,
0: 30 mil a year, like,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, and I've seen Brady take pay cuts multiple times, so I feel like this listen, man,
0: play. give that man thirty mil, all guaranteed, because Kirk cousin style, baby.
1: Exactly. I mean, at this age, at his like you know, given his legacy, his you know what he's done on the field, yeah, and what he can still do on the field. Um, and yeah, just
0: what he what he means for that you know franchise in general.
1: Exactly. So you know, it's like. <laughs> He can leave, Okay. Who, who is he going to go to that's going to give him a better chance to be successful the Patriots? And the same thing with the Patriots. You let him go. Who's going to be a that guy that's going to replace him that's going to be more su- significantly successful. Or All right.
0: Successful. That's actually a very interesting point. Uh, there, were, I've read a few reports that uh, that, uh, that the Raiders were actually interested in, you know, going after Tom Brady when free agency begins. I, I, listen, as a Raiders fan, I just want to hear your thoughts on this. Because I know you're sick and tired of Derek Carr. Oh, so, man. I just wanted to know, like, you know, are you willing to, you know, Did cut your losses with Derek Carr, and, you know? I'm big,
1: Once they traded Khalil Mack, I was really cutting my, my losses with Derek Carr, to be honest. You give up the best punter who's, you know, the best thing. You know, when, when we lost Leckler, I was just like, you know, people don't look how big it is, but when you got a punter that's a game changer, like Leckler was, you know, like, maybe like two other punters, um, it makes a difference when it comes down to, you know, key situations like those close games. It does matter. They gave away him, um, what, King?
0: Yeah, Marquette King.
1: Um, then we gave we traded
0: defensive
1: player of the year, defensive rookie <laughs> of the year. You know, in his third, <laughs> within two seasons. Well, So, you know, all pro guy.
0: Yeah, then you traded Amari Cooper to Dallas. Then
1: you traded Amari Cooper to Dallas, all three of them are still successful, who's not successful, the radio organization, you know, you made the Antonio Bryant thing, so they, I'm not really trusting the decisions, um, I wouldn't mind them getting rid of Carr for Brady, but they had to do it, here's my thing, if you don't get rid of Carr, fine, but trade for something you can use in the immediate, if you want to do it for somebody in the immediate future, like Tom Brady, because he's not going to last, you know, maybe three years, at best, maybe, four, if you can squeeze it out of him, but... We just don't have that Bill Belichick coaching like I was saying before, so he's not going to be as useful as he would be in New England. So I don't think that Brady is no disrespect to the organization dumb enough to make that transition over there. Versus, and then in the same conference at that, like with the we you know a, a New England defense that was you know ranked
0: highest. Okay, you guys have a decent offensive line. Uh, Josh Jacobs, really good running back, really good season. Uh, Tyrell Williams, when he's on the field, you know, pretty good wide receiver. Hunter Renfro came on at the uh, at the tail end of the season. You have a really good tight end, top ten, I believe, in Darren Waller. You have two first round picks. So let's just say you get Brady and like you just get a quarterback, you know, to like you know let him sit and groom, like uh, like Tua from Alabama or you know maybe even like Jalen Hurts from Oklahoma. Uh, would you be okay with then getting Brady then?
1: Once again, my issue is not that they're getting Brady; it's just that have a long-term plan. All right,
0: what the if that's what if that's the long-term plan? Sign Brady, get a quarterback, I and mean, like an... let's
1: be honest. I mean, we do have the picks, but these aren't like top-five picks. These two will be off the board by the time Brady comes in. I mean, we we did make the playoffs, but we were very like what two games outside of the playoffs? Yeah. So we're mids here. So we talk about the Jalen Hurst. You know, he won't. I, I at least in my projection, he won't be on the board. If he is, I could be wrong. Remember Michael Crabtree dropped down like 10 to 15, whatever he dropped down to. I was very surprised because you know what kind of you know skills that he brought to the table as a rookie. Um, so as long as they have the right, I don't mind Brady being there. Like I said, like you said, I'm done. I've, I've been done with Car for about two years now. It seems after that injury, he hasn't been, or I don't know if he lost confidence, or if he's taking it you know cautiously, or whatever, or you know that's kind of banging in the back of his head.
0: I mean, he can go. Yeah. Okay. So um, I think the biggest to me I'm doing this AJ Greenwatch 2020. You know, obviously same thing battling injuries over the past several seasons. You know, Cincinnati long-time Cincinnati Bengal. He I believe he's 31 heading into free agency. I
1: said 31. He played four seasons.
0: Longer than that. Like I believe it's seven.
1: Not anxious, like he is. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> trust me. I know <laughs> that used to be my guy. Yeah.
0: So, where do you where do you see AJ Green going? Listen, because I have a few teams in mind, but I want to hear. In this
1: particular case, I'm gonna try to keep it short as possible. He needs to go to a free agency and stay there. If you're willing to give him money at this point, I, I don't. You must like throwing away money. I mean, this guy has for the last about four or five years not been healthy. We're not talking about like he posted a thousand, then kind of fell off. He's getting a thousand yards, not, but he's not getting touchdowns or getting touchdowns. This guy is pretty much sitting on the sideline like a coach, making faces as if he's playing, trying to make a difference. So at this point, this should be incorrect. and it's it's so weird to me because you've seen so many wide receivers come and go out this league for you know different reasons. Yeah. You know, especially when you talk about like a Roddy White who dealt with injuries. Mm -hmm. A uh, Justin Blackman who deals with, you know, DUIs and you know we related issues. Josh Gore who's back now, but in his prime was done with the number we so you kinda missed his pro Calvin Johnson retired prematurely. See, and then you have you know this guy and he's okay. Well like,
0: the thing, thing is is good. that AJ Green is like he's not a problem child like any of those guys. Yeah, but he's hurt. Yeah. But the thing is is that you don't think like maybe like a change of scenery would like probably like do the <laughs> what
1: make him healthy? No, <laughs> I'm, I'm being honest, um, somebody that will pick him up, a team that's desperate for, <laughs> for a wide receiver. Um, I just don't see it. I mean, you always got hey, – this is the problem. People don't want to coach players who don't have that premier name. Go get you a player with some potential, some talent, who may be not getting burned on the team or not you know being used properly. Make a trade for, for, for cheap. Stop going out and giving this money, and you probably could get another player for cheaper than what you would get A.J. Green for have faith in these players. You're a coach. I expect you get paid to coach. I expect you to coach. Go out and get somebody that's worth coaching that you get for a deal. And this is how you build a team. You save that money and you put it towards your defense or somebody else that you need. or another. Stop going out and getting these players that once had potential or were perennial all-stars and not anymore.
0: Like Okay, but the formula now to winning the NFL is that like you got, need to have a really good you know young quarterback on a rookie deal. You know, that way you front load all your money like a free agency and everything else, and like contract extensions for these marquee names, and you try to win and you try to hedge your bet and win now. Two teams that really come to mind for like A.J. Green is two teams that definitely need a number one receiver for one of these guys on these deals. Number one to me is Buffalo. Their number one receiver right now is John Brown and like slot receiver is Cole Beasley. I think if you give Josh Allen, you know, has a really good arm, still erratic at times with accuracy. If you give him a big body wide receiver, you know, same thing with Lamar Jackson.
1: Singletary. Also
0: good. Devin Singletary is good, but like he's not a six Why strip. is he just mean in the sense that it opens up. Oh yeah, yeah, it opens up everything. up everything. So I think him going to Buffalo would make would make sense. I think him getting that chemistry down with AJ Green, then with John Brown up top, Cole Beasley over the middle. Uh, opens up the game now for Devin Singletary, and Frank Gordy, Ageless Wonder, or even the same thing with uh, with, with Baltimore. Uh, you got your deep threat now with Hollywood Brown, Lamar Jackson. You still don't have to pay him for another like two two years or so. So why not just give you know AJ Green you know that two like a two year deal, front load all that money. You know try to make your Super Bowl run now. They were the number one seed in this year. So like and also you saw in that game against Tennessee, they had trouble with their wide receivers getting. Like like getting open down the field, dropping balls. At least when AJ Green is on the field, I don't have to worry about his hands.
1: So I'm gonna make three quick points. Okay. One, it still brings me back to a point. I mean, he does bring the hands. He does bring the route running. He does get. He's Just not on the field. <laughs> that's the that's the issue. Like. I have no problem with his gameplay. I have zero. He's not on the field. You can't make a difference if you're not on the field. But
0: the thing is, he could have came back this season. He was supposed to come back about like two months ago. But he, but they opted more just to, have to sit him out for the rest yeah, of the year. Yeah, because season in season now he's been hurt. I will opt
1: out just to see. Like, all right, well, if we wrestle for this whole season, there's no excuses. So if he comes back next season and he's not getting it done, then you know for sure, like that's it. In, in my in my opinion. I think he's—he's already proven that he can't get it done as far as staying on the field. But if there was an opportunity for him, this would be the last season to prove it. I feel like after that, like you say, he's 31. He's out of his prime anyway. This is kind of the time where they're on the down. Slope. So he's not—I'm not, not going to see a, you know, an incline in him just because because what he said I was it he hasn't shown anything to make me think otherwise
0: i mean that's all that's fair but sammy Watkins also proved you know coming out of clemson he also wasn't able to stay healthy as well he still got a three-year 48 million dollar contract making 16 million over kansas city and he still in the end stayed healthy relatively enough for this super bowl run and and ended up paying big
1: so i'll say this that's facts um what i will say is he's definitely overpaid and secondly he's not did, gonna get an argument on me. He no, I, you know, not not in that way. I'm just saying he's definitely overpaid. Just because yeah. you know brought it up. I didn't know where his contract was.
0: He's definitely overpaid. No, that was like the biggest like thing like that like a few off seasons ago was the amount of him making sixty yeah, and like, he can not stay on the field.
1: I don't understand that at all. Um maybe they, like I said, maybe Listen, I'm not an agent, sure. so
0: <laughs> <laughs> he got a good agent. Um But
1: even with uh Buffalo, that's the same thing. It's like, well, it, that works if he's healthy. Um the Buffalo's defense has shown that they could be top tier and they show that they could be low tier. So like at the end of the day, defense still has win championships. As you've seen the two teams that there was prevalent defenses. Yeah. Um you still have if we talk about Baltimore, it's the same thing. Is he gonna be on the field? That's really only that come down for me AJ Green. I, I really it's not I feel like he can fit in a lot of places. I do. But is he going to be on the field when he gets there, or is he going to be on the on the sideline with his little headset on and his little warm-up Bengals track jacket? I'm tired of saying this. I thought the was his <laughs> uniform. I thought he's like Deuce Staley, like how he does like, to coach for the Eagles. I don't want to see Leave alone, A.J. Man. Green say here. At least I can say he retired. <laughs> I don't want to see A.J. Green coach receivers. receive He's a bad coach, clearly, because he's doing a hard one, because they're not going out doing nothing. They're finally smart enough to get rid of Andy. Um, if they don't they're stupid but I'm pretty sure they're going to give it any, if they have it already. yeah and
0: they're probably going to go Joe Burrow and they're more likely going to go Joe Burrow
1: I don't want to see the Joe Burrow thing <laughs> you need some you need some athletes you need some skilled players in Cincinnati Cincinnati once started off of a great defense I mean when you got Ocho Cinco and TJ Huchman on the outside yeah that looks very impressive and you know a young Carson Palmer, but that's not what it is anymore. So, what you need to do for what kind of team you have now, Joe Mixon didn't show up to the end of the season, but nothing impressive. Impressive. You kind of have to. That team has to start over from scratch.
0: You wasted. And ra- I think they, I think they are by getting rid of you know moving off from Adrian Green and potentially moving off from Dalton. Yeah,
1: they're holding on. They held on way too long to players. They wasted Ray, the you know, middle linebacker. They raced. They wasted his prime. And you know other players like Leon Hall when they had. Now you got, you got, you got you cut your losses. You know, yeah, and th- yeah,
0: game. and I think that's what they're doing. And the thing is, is that when you have a new coach like Zach Taylor, you know, Sean McVay clones, you want to hedge your bet, you know, on your franchise, on your franchise quarterback. The same thing with Arizona, Cliff Kingsbury. But first things first, I understand. Like, you know, we need to build a defense. I understand we picked Josh Rose in the first round, but Josh Rose is not my guy. This, this kid Kylo Murray from Oklahoma, this is my guy. This is the guy that I want in my system. I think Zach Taylor is going to be the same thing. Like, listen, I understand we need a defense, but first, Andy Dalton's not my guy. Jeff Driscoll is not my guy. I want this kid from LSU. So I think first and foremost, you need to have your quarterback locked down, and then you're still going to be picking first in, like, each round anyway. So at that point, you're going to have plenty of cap space uh, for free agency. So there's some moves that you can improve defense. But more in particular for Cincinnati, uh, I had Joe Mixon on my fantasy team, but, like, I was watching Bengals games. That offensive line is absolutely horrible. That's why Joe Mixon hasn't really, you know...
1: So we're going to end up going to a David Carr situation or even worse the Deshaun Watson. Yeah. That situation. They're good, you know... Even if, even good promising quarterback right, under a bad offense. You know what I mean? So Cincinnati really has to think... This is my whole thing. You can't keep waiting for one person. You have to... I can't... I tell people this all the time. defensive championships... Your old line protects your offense. You gotta have an old line. People gotta stop overlooking what the old line can do. Cause I see. I remember I used to play Madden, watch these games. You know how they, you know, do the player introduction. I Look yeah. at these old line players. Like, who do people not put nothing into their old lines anymore? Cause <laughs> I remember you were talking about the formula for what it is to win the Super Bowl. That I do. Believe, I agree with you. That's the formula. Yeah. But that formula hasn't proven to be. Accurate as of yet, it hasn't.
0: It it worked out for the Chiefs. In,
1: That's one game, and you're talking about Pat Mahomes, who's a once in a lifetime I, player.
0: It worked out for the Eagles too, like you know, Nick Foles. Yeah.
1: Carson Wentz was hurt. Car- Listen, Carson so Wentz. So you said a young quarterback. Yes, That's the young, formula. Yes. Carson Wentz wasn't in that playoff. He didn't have to, as a young player, he didn't have to go through the that.
0: The Eagles team. went 11-2. and two. Carson Wentz set the table up for all Nick Foles had to do was just win two games. You get home field advantage throughout.
1: Let me say this. You're saying he set up the, and you can't set up nobody. You had to go out there and win.
0: And he won 11 games. <laughs> not like, Nick he Foles did. didn't go and win 13-3. Well, let, let,
1: let me say this. I don't wanna hear nothing about the injuries. I mean, I really don't care. Um, the Eagles really don't go out and really get marquee players to really help your offense. Like since probably like Terrell Owens is like really the last time they really went out and got somebody. You know what I mean, Like went and out and really got somebody, like a premier type of player. So i Jeffrey, this,
0: that's it.
1: We can say he was on the downside. When he left Chicago Not to say he's corny I don't think he's corny I think he's a very Productive player I think he could be useful For a lot of teams Yeah but he's not elite Exactly So And you know You're talking about When he was really Getting it in This is like When Brandon Marshall Was still around So they need Kind of a time frame When that was At least in my opinion Um, When Carson's healthy I mean It wasn't as good Of a year As 2017 was But nonetheless He got to the playoffs With the Cowboys choking (laughs) And He showed what he can do in the playoffs, and it wasn't much. Not to say it was necessarily all his fart, but once again, I see the flesh as a greatness in Carson. I do, but then also seeing like the very simple mistakes that he should be making. No, I'll, I'll I, agree to that. It's about three years in now, it's time that, to...
0: Well, I'll agree to that. But he had nobody on the outside to I stretch that, the defense.
1: But that's front office's job to handle that.
0: Okay, that's fair. I'm a fan. All right. So, uh, we only have, like, a few minutes left. Uh, you're listening to Uptown Radio, WJYN 98.5. Uh, real quick, we're going to get into our uh, new segment. It's called Demolition Man. We're going to take one team with throughout any of the sports spectrum. We're going to take a team. You're a demolition expert. You're going to blow it up, rebuild it. How you are going to do this? So, obviously, you're a Raiders fan. You said you want to blow it up because you're obviously not a fan of John Gruden. So, how do you do it?
1: Um, yeah, I'd definitely blow it up. Um. I'll be honest. I feel like before Gruden came in, we were very much on our way to making some type of progress. Like you said, like we were nine and seven this year. Um,
0: Not 8 and eight. Almost. Oh yeah, we lost to the Jets.
1: <laughs> so we went. Eight. Oh my. It's either
0: eight and eight or seven and nine. One so, of those
1: two. To be honest, it's probably seven nine. I can see. I was probably. Like, we could at least yeah, and you finish. also lost to Denver week seventeen. Yeah, just, that's these are right. the teacher. but blow it up let's go back I'm gonna have to take it back probably two years but keep the team before you know, John Groom comes in does whatever he wants to do because if we're 7-9 imagine we would've been with Marquette and if we still had a <laughs> little Mac. and this is why I say coaching makes a difference because you're getting away key players that make that serious you know, difference you make when the first game after we traded him, he's like, we had no pass rush.
0: So <laughs> you're paying all of that money. If you're paying over a hundred million dollars and about sixty mil guarantee to keep Camille Mac there. I'm not doing.
1: Listen, I'm keeping Camille Mac. and it, here's my thing. People, that's what people typically tell me. They say, well, are you going to pay him and you going to pay Car? No, you pay Mac and give her the Car because Car wasn't performing. they both came in about around. They're both about, around the same age. One has done extremely more than the other has. One is more versatile than the other is. Khalil Mack is baby Derek Thomas, as I call him. Once my friend, he could drop in the coverage. He could get that pass rush. You know, he could kind of do do all the things you need him to do. He could do both in one. You know, he could probably attack and then kind of drop back onto a running back. He can do so much. He could force the fumble. He could recover the fumble. You get that touchdown. He could get that interception. He's just a game changer in general and such. He he excelled so quickly, and that's the type of play. And you, so you want to talk about keeping people on rookie contracts? You get another quarterback on you know on, on a rookie contract, but. A Derek Thomas. Even if you get another player, on you're not going to find nothing like him. You know what I mean? Like this is a rare player. So I think the issue was more on the defensive side. So when we blow it up, I uh, we I feel like. With the emergence of Josh Jacobs, the only issue with like you said, the two receivers are, you know, they're fine, nothing crazy, but they definitely have potential. We have one of the best tight ends in a So I feel like we can, if we get a game manager like a Garoppolo, you know, for a good price, then we can at least, you know, show our strides. And then going into the draft for fantasy, like you said, then maybe you could pick up one of them quarterbacks if we really need them. So we trade Carr and we trade people within that defense, not Khalil Mack, obviously. And then we work on that, um, our defensive line honestly is not that bad. Secondary. You trade Derek Carr, get somebody on the secondary, maybe a pick or you know, make another trade, you know, maybe nothing too serious. To get another solid save your corner, or get somebody out of free agency and then work off of that and see how it progresses. Cause you still got Khalil Mack, who's still gonna be that dominant play changer. So that's how I blow I don't th- I really didn't think it was much we needed to do. I just think we needed patience and time. And right. then you get, dedicate more time to Joe, John his contract, so... And get, they gave a lot for John and gave up a lot for him.
0: All right, real quick, because I only have about a little less than four minutes. So, Demolition Man. Hi, Philadelphia 76ers. I'm Chris Thomas, and I'm going to blow it up. So, first things first, I'm firing Brett Brown. Right off the bat, I am not <laughs> wasting any time. Well, well first things first... Um, the reality is that the Sixers have had three general managers over the last seven years, and this is, and this is your reality. The purpose of you know blowing it up the way Sam Hinkie did was you didn't want to be that middle of the pack team that had no chance of winning a championship. Fast forward seven years later, this is the most talented team that you've seen um, that the Sixers have fielded in a very long time. Like just from a talent standpoint, probably better than the old one team, but. It, it doesn't have the coaching it doesn't have the heart it doesn't have the leadership or the direction like that's one champ oh one um, Easter Conference championship team so the first thing I'm gonna do is fire Brett Brown uh, he, nobody's listening to him anymore like I watched a I watched the Saturday night game against Boston and i see like Brett just yelling at, at Ben and like Ben's just like tuning him out um, he's lost the locker room you you can literally tell like his only place that he drew up is you know that handoff dr- is that dribble handoff to J.J. Riddick, and J.J. Riddick's been gone for like the past several months now. And the one thing I would do is that I would hire Lionel Hollins. I like Lionel Hollins. I like what he did in Memphis. The guy won multiple playoff series. He went to a Western Conference finals with his premier players being Mike Conley, Zach Randolph, and Mark Saw. If you're going to play bully ball, then you need to bring in a guy who specializes in bully ball. Bully ball. So, sec- and the third thing I would do is that get any offers for Al Horford and J- Jason Richardson. Uh, you're not going to move Tobias Harris for e- like $180 million because Jerry Westall is an $80 million player. So, you know what we're going to do? We're going to, you know, trade Landry Shaman and a bunch of per- bunch of picks, get stuck with Tobias Harris as a number four option, and eventually playing him $180 million because we couldn't keep Jimmy Butler. Ugh, terrible. <laughs> so at that point, and. this is the most important one because I only have a minute left move Ben Simmons to the four. I am sick and tired of the Ben Simmons experiment at the point guard position get a pick and roll point guard who knows how to shoot and then after that develop G-league talent we've seen Nick Nurse develop Pascal Siakam we've seen Brad Stevens with the young um, Celtics team so pretty much that's what you need to do so that being said this is it for the Uptown Radio WJYN 98.5 you're listening to the Running Back Radio Show for Corey Hodges I am Chris Thomas we will see you next Tuesday. We will see you next Tuesday night. And yeah, we're clear.
1: Um, I actually think it's smart to put Ben at the four. Never really thought of it. He needs to play the four. He can pass. So having a four that can pass, you know, get to the bucket, get that triple double. Yeah, and you actually have a solid point guard that can actually shoot. Yeah, honestly, yeah, yeah duh,
0: that's the one thing I really wanted the more I wanted be Angel Russell here. He would have been the perfect guy here. You move. You have the angel Russell at the one, Simmons at the four, and beat at the five. At that point, I don't care what you do with the two or the three. You can put shooters out there. You mm-hmm. have because the way that the, works if they're willing to put Ben at the four, which I don't but know but why the they the wouldn't. The, you don't have the they don't have the coaching to you know tell Ben like listen this is not working. You need you need to play at the four. That's why I think you need to the I think a lot of coaches want to do because I think that's the problem with coaching. I don't
1: think they have. You see it more in football than you see it in the band. Boy. Like, oh, well, let's change him to do... This.